Welcome to the snooze button. Hey, I'm Brittany of Brittany She and Sleep. I've got 99 problems, but my kid's sleeping isn't one. Hey guys, um, I want to start off by saying I promise this is the last podcast episode for a while where I will be like in a muffled basement, um, like Oceanside sitting. I mean, I, I can't even describe the position I'm sitting in right now. I'm trying to get my face as close to the computer as possible. Um, I will be back home next week and I'll have my equipment. I'm not saying it's going to be amazing, but it's going to be better than the way this sounds. So with that said, yesterday I posted on Instagram in my stories. If you follow me, if you don't follow me, it's just at Brittany Sheehan sleep. Um, I posted about the Mamaru swing recall. So like 2 million Mamaru swings were recalled. If you didn't see, this is a really popular product that newborn and young baby parents use uh, for sleep and in theory for attended awake time that was recalled. Um, just the latest in a string of products, including the Rock and Plays and the Boppy, which were recently recalled. And it brought to light just how many products are out there that are not safe for babies, particularly to sleep in. And I know that this is a really, really confusing space. Um, I, as a part of my process, when I'm working with clients one-on-one, I want to see what their room looks like. I want to see everywhere that they're sleeping. I ask a lot of questions in the intake about their sleep environment. And it's extremely common for me to see stuff that is really, really unsafe. And these are not like not to be disparaging about somebody that isn't educated on safe sleep, but like, it, you know, it's not coming from people that you're like, oh, well, they just don't know anything. Like these are smart, educated people who in theory would know better, but they don't because I think it's really confusing. I think that oftentimes doctors don't ask questions, don't find out where babies are sleeping. I think products are peddled to exhausted new parents in unclear and confusing ways. Um, They don't tell you anything about it in the hospital. They make you watch the shaken baby syndrome video, um, but there's absolutely no discussion about what is safe and what's not. And I think it doesn't necessarily get less complex as your baby gets older. Um, You know, I I asked on my Instagram yesterday, after I discussed the Mamaru recall, I asked you guys to tell me, like, what are your questions about sleep safety? I want to address it on the podcast tomorrow. And a lot of the questions I got, you know, they weren't even about infants. They were about older kids and feeling, you know, parents feeling confused about the rules. So what I'm going to do in this episode specifically is answer a bunch of those questions because these these are the things you guys have said you're confused about. Um, So I want to help you out. Um, And I will say as a caveat before I jump into it that I'm not a pediatrician. You should always follow the AAP safe sleep guidelines, which you can find just by literally Googling AAP safe sleep guidelines. It's very clear and outlined. Um, and I'm really telling you what I would tell clients and what I would do myself as a mom. Okay. So don't get mad at me. Okay, here we go. Person number one asks, why is it unsafe to keep baby in car seat if they're asleep after they get out of the car? Okay. So what this person is probably referring to is the safe sleep recommendation that your baby should only be in a car seat if they're in the car. Here is the issue. There are going to be situations where, okay, let's let's talk about uh, you put the baby in a cab um, in their car seat, you have the stroller attachment, and you get into the restaurant, and that's like the only place for the, you know, seven-week-old to sleep is in the car seat. Is that okay? It's fine. 
I understand that's going to happen. You're attending to them. You're watching them the entire time. What you don't want to do and what has caused tragic things to happen, let me paint the scenario for you, is you have a four or five month old. You are on a car trip. Maybe you took them to the pediatrician. You're on your way back. It bumps into their nap time. You get out of the car and you're like, okay, well, they're in the middle of their nap. They're going to wake up if I transfer them. I'm just going to bring them in the house and they can finish their nap here. Well, you can do one of two things. You could either keep them super tightly strapped in the way they were in the car, which is not a position a baby should be in for a long time. Like you put them in that position because you need to for safety in a car, but it is not good for their breathing. It's not good for their spine to be in that like tight, secure position for a super long time. Right. So even if you look at recommendations for a long car trip with babies, they'll say, get them out of the car pretty frequently. Um, How much do people do it? I don't know. But you shouldn't have a baby strapped tight enough that it's safe. Right. The way you would have them in a car for a prolonged period of time. And you shouldn't just like have them sitting in your house in that position. On the other hand, where the even bigger safety issue comes into play is what what's happened in these sad situations in the past is parents will loosen the buckles, right? Like, okay, we're in the house now. I still want them to sleep. So they loosen everything. Baby's head droops. And then we have a major suffocation risk, right? That they get into a position in the car seat where their head and, you know, their head is, their chin has fallen into their chest. um, And that's when really awful, tragic things have happened. So that is the complexity of the keeping a baby in a car seat when they're not in the car. Rule of thumb, and this is how I feel with a lot of safe sleep stuff, Better safe than sorry, right? It, I would rather your baby totally miss their nap because you transferred them and they didn't fall back asleep than you loosened the buckles and kept them in the living room and risked something happening, okay? Um, somebody asked, if in a crib over one year old, still nothing in the crib but sleep sack, you can put things in the crib after a year old. So the reason that recommendation is so important for babies under a year is because they are often not in a position where they're going to wake up and get their head out of harm's way if there's a product in the crib, right? So having a blanket, a pillow, a stuffy, a lovey, any of that stuff, they could roll onto it, roll near it. It could constrict their breathing. That's obviously horrible. Once your child is over a year, they are sitting up on their own. They are most likely at least crawling, if not walking. Then the safety risk is significantly lowered. So in that case, that would be the time you could introduce something like a lovey or maybe they have like a little board book in their bed that they like, you know, play with when they're falling asleep, whatever. That stuff is fine. Thoughts on mesh bumper to keep passies in crib if over one year. Really glad somebody asked this because the answer is no. It is not because the, you know, the the mesh bumper is like, oh, if they're a little baby, they could suffocate, blah, blah, blah. Now that they're older, that's not an issue like I was referring to with like a a lovey or a blanket in the crib. The issue with with mesh bumpers is actually in some ways even scarier with older kids than it is with little, little babies because it can become, besides a suffocation risk, which is always possible, it can become an entrapment risk. You have a baby who's playing with the edges of it, who's playing with the knots, who gets twisted in it, who pulls part of it off and gets stuck in it. Never, never bumpers. It doesn't matter if they're breathable. It doesn't matter what it is. No bumpers, full stop. In terms of keeping passies in, so one thing is if your child is throwing them out, they are SOL. That's just like a good rule of thumb, right? If you're throwing your passies out of the crib, we're not going back in to get them. That is a fun game you will play for one or two nights until you realize you should not do that. But of course, there are going to be situations where they genuinely like kick it or 
it falls out accidentally, in that case, I would actually get more than one passy to put in the crib at that age. If you have a one and a half year old who takes a passy and sometimes one falls out and they get upset, then put two or three of them in there. They're not going to accidentally kick out all of them. If they do, I think it might not be accident, right? Uh, do you think Dakotot will be recalled if parents use it correctly and monitor baby for nap? Same question. Is it okay for baby to hang out in the Dakotot, Mamaru, et cetera, if being watched? Is it safe to use these swings, recliners, pillows while baby is awake? Are these products safe when awake? What if you're with them while they're napping in or on them? So I got like a ton of these questions, like so many. I'm like scrolling and seeing how many of them are that are literally just about that. Like, what about these products if you're attending to them? Yes, then they are safe. I mean, that is the rule of thumb. So the Mama Roo was actually recalled as much for other safety concerns where there was a strap that hangs out the bottom of it that babies who can crawl were getting tangled in and, and choking on. So the Mama Roo actually had like additional safety concerns that forced it to be recalled. But with the Rock and Play, the Boppy, and I think the Dakotot will be next on the list. It is because they are... And it's unfair to parents. Listen, now they say they're not for sleeping, but very much so these products are being used predominantly by people who are using them for sleep. That's just a fact. Like that's what people use the Dakotot for. I, I can say that with confidence because I see pictures of babies in Dakotots every single day in my business and I have to have this conversation. So if you're using those products and the baby is either awake or you, let's talk about like a very, very little newborn, like a two week old that like, they're not awake very much at all, but you're fully attending, like sitting next to them, then yes, in those cases, they are safe because you were like fully attending to them and they are awake. They're not safe for sleep. So I do think there are people who don't use them for sleep. And, you know, I was that person with the boppy. I would put it like on the couch when I had itty bitty newborns, you know, I was nursing and trying to get a bottle ready and of course you have them sitting there on it not a big deal um but it's not ever something that they should be sleeping in especially like a planned sleep like oh they're going to go take their nap in the docketot in their crib right that's the kind of stuff we're worried about um and a few people did actually ask like what's dangerous about the docketot like they they um were questioning that at all it's a suffocation risk right it's not a hard surface all your baby should be sleeping in for like true sleep is a flat, flat, hard surface that is a bassinet or a crib mattress only with a tight-fitting bottom sheet swaddled. That is it. Nothing in the crib, no pillows, no blankets, no loveys, no hunky-dories, whatever stuff you have, there should be no stuff in it. That's really important and bad things have happened because babies have been in products that did not meet those guidelines, including Boppy, Dakotot, that type of thing. Okay, somebody said, pack and play seems uncomfortable. Are third-party mattresses for them safe? I got a couple of questions about this. Um, I know they don't seem comfortable. They're fine. They're completely fine. Um, and I can say with confidence, all three of my kids, well, my oldest is now in a bed, but until he was, we're sleeping in pack and place all the time. Um, if they needed different sleeping arrangements in our house, we travel a lot they're totally fine. Your baby is comfortable. And you know what? I would rather them be at a pack and play than in an unsafe sleep situation. Do not add a mattress to it. I know it seems that way. That's all I have to say is I know it feels that way to you as an adult, but for them, it's completely fine. They are content. They will get good rest. It is all good. Okay. The next question. 
how do I talk to friends and family about safe sleep? Great question. Um, not the first time this has been posed to me as well. I've actually over the years had a couple of clients reach out and say like, oh my God, look at this picture my best friend just sent me. She just had a baby, like the baby's on his tummy. What do I say? Like, this is so awkward. So I think in a situation like this, let's let's start off by saying every new mom is in a vulnerable place. I don't care if it's your fourth baby. I don't care if you were a professional nanny for 10 years. If you have just gone through the process of bringing a child into the world, either yourself or via someone else, and you they are in your arms now, you're in a vulnerable place. So let's go at this with the most kindness, gentleness, love, understanding possible. I have to have these tough conversations all the time with clients. Now, the difference between me having the conversation with someone and you guys as as you know people who aren't professionals in this space is obviously you're not coming from a position of authority, right? Um, so it's a little bit harder. But I would try to relate to them because at some point you didn't know this stuff either, right? And chances are they're going to be a little bit embarrassed or a little bit defensive. So you could say something like, hey, I noticed that Kaylee, you've been putting Kaylee to sleep on her tummy, or I noticed you're using the docotot. I know this sounds crazy, but I found out when Billy Bob was a baby that it's actually like not safe to use those things, which is so, and just be relatable. Be like, I know it's so annoying. Like nobody tells you these things. And honestly, it wasn't until so-and-so told me and I looked it up myself because I was kind of skeptical. I was like, oh, wow, I had no idea. And listen, I know that like, it's hard, like finding everything out you can about sleep, products for your baby. But if it were me, I would want someone to tell me. So I figured I would just let you know, like no judgment at all. But I just wanted you to have the information because somebody had this same conversation with me two years ago. And I was just so grateful that they did. And I love you and you're doing a great job. And here's a product we've been using instead that worked really well. Like you know, every every conversation will be a little bit different, but I think if you can try to relate to them and come to it from a place of like, this is hard for everybody to find this stuff out and like, you're not alone. I just wanted you to know because I love you. That's a great, great way to do it. And if it's less of a dire situation, like you are looking at a baby on their tummy and it's more like your friend sends you their registry um, and you see all these products on it, that you're like, I probably wouldn't use that if I were you. I would just tell them because if they sent it to you, they're probably asking for your feedback. Um, I get questions like that all the time. You could be like, oh yeah, I loved that stroller. I love this one. Honestly, if I were you, I wouldn't even get the Docatop because it's not safe for sleeping. And I feel like when you're exhausted and you have a newborn, like you're just going to want them to sleep in it. So honestly, save yourself the trouble and don't even register for it. You know, say something like that. Okay, okay, okay. When can you offer a pillow? When to switch to a blanket? A lot of questions about that. So same thing that we were talking about before about having something in the crib over a year. Bumpers, full stop, no. Tents over the crib, full stop, no. For the same reason, for the entrapment risk, the suffocation risk. It is not worth it. I would much rather the passies fall out. I'd rather you even have to move from to a bed from a crib earlier than you want to versus that risk. Something like a pillow or a blanket, you can put in after a year. Here's my thought, though. I'm just going to be honest with you. I very rarely will see families who have a child who's under under three, if not even four, who's in a crib, who like uses a blanket and a pillow. 
So if you want to do it, if you have this adorable matching Serena and Lily set, I'm not speaking about myself, but that is exactly what I did with my middle son. And was like, I want him to have a blanket because his brother's in a bed and like then he'll have this really nice comforter from Serena and Lily and it'll be like really cute. Guess what? It stayed bunched in the bottom of his crib for six months until he just started throwing it out. And now it's just draped sadly over a chair in his room. So, I mean, if you want to put it in, go for it. But I have found that kids who are in a crib usually don't want them and they'll just be in a pile at the bottom of their bed. I see this all the time. And instead, if you're going to introduce something, I think after a year is a great time to introduce loveys. So lovey could be a stuffy, you know, like those little jelly cat animals um, kids can become attached to. I think that's great. And if there's one they already use during the day that they love, awesome. Put it in their crib. Um, but you don't have to worry about it from a safety perspective after a year. Okay. Oh, this is a great one. Safe to leave baby on their stomach once they roll during sleep if they can't roll back to back. Great question. So this is a perfect example of what I described on my Instagram yesterday. I was like, people do unsafe sleep stuff all the time that I see, and they have no idea that it's not safe. And then just as many people are really worried about the safety of things that aren't dangerous at all, and they're like totally freaked out by them. This is a perfect example. Thank you to Meryl who asked this one. Okay, so... The deal with rolling, the so kind of like prevailing thought amongst pediatrician scientists and therefore me is if your baby has the neurological capacity to roll from their back onto their tummy, then they are strong enough. They have the trunk, oh my God, they have the trunk strength, the core strength to move out of harm's way. Do not roll them back. So one of two things is going to happen beyond the first night when they're really pissed off because they're like WTF how did I get here where am I why am I on my stomach either they will learn how to roll back over and they might learn very fast truly it might be a a one or two night thing or they will learn to sleep more comfortably on their stomachs and most babies do so if you go into a NICU um, which my first experience in a NICU was uh, the first time I basically met my oldest son. Two of my three kids were NICU champs. I saw him on his stomach and I was so alarmed because at that point I actually did, you know me, obviously this is my job. I'm a nerd. I already knew all the safe sleep stuff. And I was like, oh my God, you're not allowed to put babies on their stomachs. And I was really panicked about it. You know, I'd given birth like hours before and the nurse was like, oh no, 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 it's okay because we have them like hooked up to 50 machines, right? So they can see exactly if anything is going on and the baby's in distress and they need to address it. Not the case, obviously, if you're at home. Um, So babies, and the reason they do that, I'm getting really long-winded here. The reason they do it in the NICU is because most babies actually sleep better on their stomachs. It's why before we knew about all the SIDS stuff, we were all put on our stomachs when we were babies back in the 80s. So if your baby is capable of rolling over, you leave them there. You do not want it to be a game where you are flipping them like a pancake. Um, You leave them and they will become much more content. Okay. Dressing baby for sleep based on temperature in room for the entire night when it gets cooler. That's a good tricky question. So in general with temperatures, because you're not always going to be in a situation where you know exactly what the temperature is, the rule of thumb is dress them how you would dress yourself. So I think... Newborn parents especially, but parents in general, have a tendency to overdress kids to be worried that they're going to be cold, which I completely understand. But it is actually, from a comfort and safety perspective, much better if your baby is too cold than that they are too hot. Too hot is when bad things happen, truthfully. Um, 
Obviously, if they're like in Antarctica in a onesie, yeah, of course that would be dangerous. But you're most likely not going to put your baby in a position to be cold enough for it to be dangerous. You are much more likely to overbundle them. And that is where the scary, sad stuff happens. So if the room gets colder throughout the night, I would dress them maybe like slightly more warmly than you need when you put them to bed. If you have like a very clear understanding of what the temperature is going to be, but I would kind of not worry about it unless we're talking about like a 20 degree temperature drop, in which case I feel like there's other things I want to help you figure out with that. Um, I'll just tell you a fun little story. When my oldest Teddy was a baby, he was about, uh, I want to say nine months old, maybe we went on a trip my husband and I and him, um, and we were in Carmel in Central California, and we opened our bedroom window that evening. I think we were we had a fire. There was a fireplace in the hotel, and we opened the bedroom window, and then we went to bed under a very thick, very plush duvet comforter type thing. Teddy, little old Teddy, nine-month-old Teddy, was at the foot of the bed in a pack-and-play with just the thin mattress, mind you, and a bare crib in his sleep sack. I still remember he was wearing these like Monica and Andy jammies that were very thin um, and his like thin little sleep sack. I woke up and at the time I did travel with a travel thermometer, um, like thermostat because I was a neurotic first time mom. And I woke up, took that duvet off and was like, whoa, it is cold. And I looked at the thermometer, you guys, or the thermostat, and it was 56 degrees in the room. And Teddy, little angel Teddy, was just fast asleep, happy as a clam, his his hands were ice as you can imagine um but he was absolutely fine i would be i would be like not hesitant to say that if the temperature shift had been the other way around like it was uh 20 degrees warmer than it should have been that could have been very dangerous for him so i wouldn't actually over worry about that if the room is a little bit colder um mom to be this will be my last question i'm going to do mom to be looking for safe sleep products so hard to know what's good out there. Okay, well, you can go to my Amazon storefront and I have uh, newborn sleep essentials, baby sleep essentials. That would be a good thing to start off with. Um, But I would, in general, look at the AAP safe sleep guidelines and then match that up with the things that you're looking to buy. So for instance, if you see in the guidelines that you should not use an insert or a pillow or blankets in the crib, then those are not things you need to register for, right? I think that if you're looking for safe from a safety perspective, I think that's just a good a good route to go. Um, okay, I hope that was helpful for you guys. I'm gonna do more. I'm gonna do more episodes like this where I ask you guys questions about the topic in advance because I think it helps like center the conversation and I can give you give you more feedback on things you're particularly interested in. Okay, so like I said, next week I'll be back at home in a normal podcast recording environment. Um, But until then, have a great week and stay safe. Loving the snooze button? Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And please leave a review. I will read it and internalize it, so make sure it's very glowing. If you're interested in working with me or learning more about my courses, head to britneysheehan.com or follow me on Instagram at britneysheehansleep. 